This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into a trade deadline edition of Spits and Suds, one of the most exciting times of the year. I'm Gavin Spittle of 1053 The Fan, and I'm joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazines, NHL Guru, Sean Shapiro. How are you today on this day uh, trade deadline day, my friend? I am uh I'm doing well. I just as uh, right before uh, right before we hopped on, I had another cup of coffee. We're <laughs> good to go. And uh in about uh about two and a half hours I'll crack the Friday afternoon beer and it'll nice. be a wonder it'll it'll taste great. So as the <laughs> as of the time that we're taping this, folks, that's so great. As of the time we're taping this, there have been forty two trades, eighty players on the move, and we're not even counting the draft picks. Um, this has been I, a, just a crazy trade deadline year. And literally, as we just hopped on, I'm saying here that uh, Dmitry Kulikov is going to from going to Anaheim, going from Anaheim uh, to Pittsburgh. So, Ooh. so that's another another one, another one on another another one there. The another one on the board. To, the number will continue to grow. <laughs> Mr. Klingberg still with Anaheim today. As of right now, it'll right be, be interesting to see where he is when people listen to this podcast. Yeah. Once again, we're recording this before the end of the deadline, so if you're listening, that's why we don't know where he is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if, if something big changes, we'll certainly uh, jump back on for you guys with it with an update. Uh, 100%. Did, yeah, absolutely. Before we get started, we're going to jump into the Max Domi trade right away. Uh, just mm-hmm. want to thank everyone. Uh, 6,000 downloads last month. Kudos to you, Sean. Uh, for speaking to Jim Nill, we had the whole Tom Gallardi situation. We had trade deadline stuff. Um, but thanks for growing this. When we started, we, you know, the best we could do is get up to about one or two uh, thousand downloads a month. So to come up to six, you know, the goal is 10 and above. So we're just going to keep pushing for you guys. But it does show um, us that you do want a hockey talk, specifically Dallas Stars and NHL talk right here um and so we're happy to bring it to you so i just wanted to big stick tap um to everyone that uh, listens and downloads and thank you all for spreading the word please continue it's working so uh yeah. the stars last night boy how awesome would it have been if the trade could have gotten done and we could have seen a switch in a <clears throat> locker room that would have been epic i mean the players probably would have hated it but for us the media it would have been amazing i it would have been great i mean it's one of those it's one of the great spectacles and sports right the guy walking across from one yes. from one locker room to the other yes like it would it, it would have been great and uh the uh <laughs> they couldn't get the trade call done in time so that's why it did happen but it was uh it was definitely uh it was fitting that uh it was fitting that dallas was there so i mean domi was literally able to domi was it was 
it had to be a bit of a surreal experience for Domi watching as a scratch, yeah. right? Like yeah. you get scratched by one team and you've got one set of teammates and X's, X's and O's and, and sorry, T's have to be crossed and I's have to be dotted and all that stuff. And so you're just waiting to find out that you're actually rooting for the other team in the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it had to be a wild, had to be a wild experience for Domi. And then, then you get on the plane that night with, with Dallas to fly, yeah. fly out. So yeah. it's, uh, definitely uh definitely one of those interesting things and uh you know what gavin coming into friday and i wrote about it this morning i never expected jim nil to be the first off the line type trader that's not really who he is um and and he's always kind of a watch how the market settles watch how it develops this is around the time he typically um this is around the time he typically makes a deadline move if he's going to make one. And um, with how everything had been going this week, I know people were like people, I saw people on Twitter, they'd be like, is Jim Nil sleeping? What's he doing? Like, yeah. and part of it was just waiting it out and seeing the market. And I, I think the, ret- I, I think this comes together and I think honestly, it's kind of what Dallas needed. It's one of the things Dallas needed. I mean, we can see, you can still argue there's something else that they might need as well, but it's one of the things Dallas needed. Um, and it's something that goes back to that game last week when Kane and Domi basically decided to single-handedly destroy the stars in that four, three comeback. Um, Jim Nill has had a history throughout his career in Dallas of there's guys who have played well against Dallas and Jim has made notes that I would love that guy on my team. And it's one of those, th- it's it's like, it's kind of like there's there's an old mantra of like, if they beat us, might as well trade for them. And so yeah. like, I like Domi, don't, the, the in-person viewing last weekend, Dallas really impressed the stars. And that's kind of, that kind of put Domi more, that kind of put Domi more on the stars radar. I know the stars kicked tires on some other things. Like, for example, I know, I do know the stars kicked the tires on Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, I, and Tyler Bertuzzi, the Bruins, the Bruins can afford to do this because who they are and the Bruins because of where they are in the standings, but any other team makes that trade for Tyler Bertuzzi. I think we're kind of ripping into it because Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy who's has four goals this year and you're trading yeah. a first and a fourth form and he's a pending UFA. And like, that's a, that's, that's, that, that would have been a gross overpay for Tyler Bertuzzi. And so the stars kicked the tires there. Um, I heard the, uh, I, so I know that was one thing that they were looking at. There was also some talk of like, could they look at the Van Riemsdyk and into Van Riemsdyk, who has, as of this moment, has not been moved yet. Yep. Um, but Domi, Domi fits. I think Domi allows them to do a couple different things, right? He allows them to either find a space for him to put on a line with Sagan and maybe on a line with Sagan and Marchment, and or maybe maybe this allows you to move Marchman to the fourth line and just, and not look at it as a demotion, but right. use it as a opportunity for Marchment to be like, to kind of take it off his plate of you haven't scored in 30 games. We're not asking you to be a goal scorer right now. We just want you to find your other game first. I, yeah. I, I just think this opens up a bunch of different things and I'm happy with the value. I think, I think trading a second, not from this year was big. You still keep a second in this draft. I, I still, I, I wouldn't want to lose a top 60 pick in this draft, which right. is supposedly pretty good. And I also think it's uh, at the end of the day, it's a, 
sad way for his career and time in the Stars franchise to go, but he also get out of the Kudobin contract two months earlier, two months early when you weren't able to really trade away what you thought you were going to, um, what you thought you were going to be able to get earlier in the season. So I think it's a good piece of business by, by Nil and the Stars here. And for what needed to be done to compete in the Western Conference, this is enough. Now, if you're yeah. in the East, it's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you added two top six forwards to your team, and you yes. really didn't give anything up. You gave up Dennis Gurianov with a nice goal last night for Montreal, um, but mm-hmm. clearly was struggling here. And, Ugh. yeah, I agree. You gave up that 2025 pick, so you – sorry, 2024 pick, so you protected it. Uh, was it a 2024 second-round pick or 25? I believe it was 24. 24, okay. Yeah, second, yeah, yeah. second round pick. Um, yeah. I agree with you. As soon as the trade happened, I thought Marchman should go to the fourth line. Um, I think he needs to get back to the basics, and I just don't know because who else would go to that fourth line? I mean, you're looking at mm-hmm. Delandria going to the fourth line, basically, right? And I think Delandria's played too well. I to think so, that. too. Yeah. To have that kind of demotion, right? Like, not, yeah, I, I just think that's not fair to you look at body of work and we're at the spot. A lot of times contracts make jobs at the start of the year, but I look at, and now like, I, I like the idea if you're, if you're building a healthy stars, let's, let's, let's look at the stars forward group right now. If you're looking at, them as a healthy group going to the playoffs. And that's the key word, because obviously I'm going to bring up someone here who is still not healthy for the fourth line. But I like the pr- prospect of a Stars forward group, and that goes the robertson Hinspavelski line is obviously your number one line. I like a second line. I, I like a second line that looks like Dadanov, Domi, and Sagan. I think there could be something – I think you could do – I think that could be a really – I think that could be a strong spot where yeah. either so say Sagan or Domi could play in the middle. You could, and they could both either, both of them play the wing or the center. You can't get Ben Johnston to Landry together. I like that grouping. Yep. And then that, that gets you a, a fourth line of Marchment Foxa. And once he's healthy, Glenn Denny. Yeah. And I think that's a group where that becomes that fourth quote unquote checking grinding playoff line. Right. I, I, I like how that looks in the playoffs. Right. I, I like how that looks. And, Long term, we you hope and you pray that Mason Marchman is able to find a little bit more offensive pop to justify that contract. But right now, for trying to win the Stanley Cup in 2023, if I have the year right, I think that is the I think that's the play. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I like about Domi, I mentioned this on Sean and RJ this morning, is he likes to go to the dirty areas, um, mm-hmm. and he's got that skill set as well. One of the things that I saw during the Stars' recent woes, and I talked to Craig about it earlier this week, was, yeah, sure, they uh, in a lot of these games they had the shot advantage, but a lot of the shots, especially on the power play, were coming from the outside. And I like a guy that can go in high energy and kind of muck it up a little bit and kind of get on people's nerves. Now, in my opinion, you have two to three of them in Domi, Delandria, and Marchment to a certain uh, degree as far as you know getting in there and becoming physical and you need those energy guys um, at yeah. times so I you know I like that and I like that they didn't have to give up a lot um, let's see how he plays he's having a good year his second best year since being in Montreal um, and you're right he did put on a show when he was here at the AAC I also like the familiarity of the central division um, yeah. so I think he knows what's at stake and um, he knows Colorado's coming and, you know, you need players 
like Domi when, you know, Colorado will be here. It'll be fascinating to see where the fit is, but uh, I think the two fits are under the radar, but I think they're really good fits for the stars. I mean, you the, the splash isn't necessarily there um, compared to other teams, but then again, you have to take a step back. You added two top six forwards, and oh, by the way, you kept all of your prospects and you mm-hmm. kept your first round pick for 2024. I think that's impressive. Yeah, and it, it was the other thing that about it too, that just with Domi is he's a guy who, if it works out well and you re-sign him, and you could say the same thing about Dadanov too, but I don't think I don't think both of them are part of the long-term plan. But I don't think sorry, I don't think both of them are. I think one of them might be. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't block Logan Stankoven from coming in next year. And I think that's the other big thing about all of this. When you, when you look at trying to win a Stanley cup in 2023 and build for the long term, you wanted to be able to stick that landing where it was, let's get better this year, but let's also not block Logan Stankoven from being the, the guy being, being a top six guy and, yeah. and putting him in a spot where he has to play a different game because he's going to be good next year. Like, yeah. I, I, I truly believe he's going to be. I, I truly believe he's going to make an instant impact next year, um, and you want you want that. Um, it's. I, I think Dallas. The other thing from a trade perspective that we should address that happened last night, and it just is the fitting with the Chicago all element of all of this. Um, we talked, Gavin, and I want to give us. We talked a couple of weeks back, even where it's like, do the stars have a? Uh, do the stars have? a backup goalie issue. And just because yeah. obviously with Scott Wedgwood being hurt right now. And um, so Matt Murray, basically there's a, there's a, there's a hockey part of it. There's a hockey perspective of it where Matt Murray gets a bit of a surprise NHL debut last night, but part of it comes from, Hey, are we going to play Jake Ottinger three in a row? And we're playing Colorado on Saturday because Jake's obviously starting on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The other part of it was from a Dallas perspective is it was a bit of the audition for Matt Murray, sure. where it's like, hey, we we're gonna sh- we're shipping Hudobin out. We don't need if 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 Matt Murray can, can if Matt Murray can show us he can be the number three for the remainder of this year, um, and even potentially the backup depending on the severity of Wedgwood's injury. We don't have to shop more for that, and so that's another thing that I, that we saw play out now, um, and obviously. Murray Murray played first NHL start played pretty well obviously he's not Jake Ottinger but I thought he played pretty well in the circumstances and um and now he uh you have more confidence that okay we can trust this guy in an NHL game especially early on like he made a couple the stars were a bit sloppy in that first period in front of him and he, he he did very well then yeah he did he did he had really good positioning calmness um love his interview after the game I didn't realize the story of five friends on his helmet um, yeah. that he takes with him. I think that was a really, really cool story. Uh, Love the look up after the game, basically saying thanks to everyone and all. And uh, I love the reaction of the players. They were so excited for them. And these are the things during the season. It's a long season. But the win against Vegas, you know, a nice celebration there. And then you have situations like Murray last night. You know, these are things that kind of gel teams together as they move along because it is a long season and and things like that can provide some good energy in the room. 
yeah it's 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 a good thing for to see guys rewarded who put time into yeah. the organization that's something that it, it definitely helps build and murray is one of those guys who from a organizational wise has always been really well respected for how he shows up to work every day how he handles things um definitely um and, and a guy who is frankly gonna get a big opportunity with a very good texas team um assuming yeah. he gets assuming he gets papered down to the i'm assuming it'll happen um one thing that has to happen today um in order for players to be eligible to play in the AHL for the remainder of the season, you have to be on the age in the AHL at the time of the NHL trade deadline. So I would imagine we will see, um, I imagine we will see Matt Murray papered down in about an hour and a half Absolutely. to Texas. So he is still eligible for the AHL playoffs. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the same thing happened for, um, uh, it may have already happened for Olison and, and, and Carlstrom, actually, um, but yeah, but with, with 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 them as well. So yeah, yeah. So good performance for Murray last night. Uh, awesome to see it. Great performance. Uh, I don't want to. It's kind of weird saying overshadowed by Jason Robertson this year, but I mean Rope Hints. Wow. I mean, just yeah. we all knew he was a good player, but mm-hmm. I think the question was staying on the ice. And still to this day, every time he goes hard into the boards because he plays so hard, last night was another example where, you know, he actually came back and, um, you know, kind of took a cheap penalty. But at the same time, you know, he was pushed into the boards and he went down and I was like, all right, get up, get up. Um, I, Matt I just Murray think- is actually literally right now just Matt Murray and the Freddies were both sent okay. down to Texas literally as we have been on the air. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. So. Well, that's great. I mean, good, yeah. good to see, yeah. you know, the people in Austin and yeah. Cedar Park, they're going to park the, they're going to pack the barn for that, uh, for the playoffs. So, um, yes. you know, excited for that. And that's valuable experience. Um, mm-hmm. So what I was saying is Rupe Hans just been solid, consistent all year. Um, and, you know, now that contract's looking awfully good. Um, I think the big question for everybody was, can he just stay on the ice? And he has. Yeah. Yes. And he's been, he's been good. He's battled when he's hurt. It's just, it is uh, like that durability. And I think with, with Henson, it's something that's interesting. Just like you look at for the stars, there are guys on their team who have aged not not a aged poorly is the wrong word, but they've gone through things that could have aged them more, right? Like the the bubble run, like Tyler Sagan is old his body is probably older than it really should be because of the stuff he went through in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Hints is like that as well. So it's uh it's it's definitely good to see Hints do that. And it's he's someone who is going to be like it's so it's it's so nice to see him no longer under that underrated tag because yeah. he's he, he he I think he's finally being appropriately rated right by people who watch hockey. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely agree. So big win for the Stars last night. Uh, big tilt tomorrow against the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and you know one of the other excitements. You know we talk about Max Domi as the scorer, um, but also put on a show as an assist guy when he came to the AAC. I'm excited if he is on that same line as Tyler Sagan because it seems as though Sagan's progressing, you know, and getting some points. He actually has an outside shot of 50 points this year. 
Jamie Benn continues. One of the things that I was thinking about last night, Sean, watching the game is that rookie wall has not come up for Wyatt Johnston yet. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm pretty excited about that too. And, and I just completely forget, like, this guy technically shouldn't have been on the team this year. You know, I mean, yeah. he earned his way on. He deserved it. But, I mean, I remember we were counting the days saying, you know, are they going to send him back to juniors or are they going to keep him up? So, I mean, he absolutely, to me, is one of the team's, you know, kind of quiet MVPs as far as not expecting. And, you know, for a kid his age to be playing at the level he is, to be, a, you know, side-by-side side with Jamie Bennett, it's just been wonderful to watch. Yeah, he is uh, – I wrote about him after the Vegas game, and uh, I wrote something just about how the fact – there was a couple of weeks back, the bunch of the Stars management and coaches, they were over at the uh, – uh, over at a Fort Worth uh, – I think I think it's the Lone Star Brahmas now, right? That's the name of the. I believe that's the, the that's NA3, Yeah, the NA three the, the NA three HL. If I, I think it's NA three HL. If I don't know if I have that league right, incorrect. It is. I it's the NAHL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they um, they were over at that game and they were watching that game and they realized that and they started counting and there was about half a dozen players on the ice that were playing junior playing junior hockey there who were older than white johnston and it was just kind of a great perspective reminder of like this is what this kid is doing right now as a teenager in the nhl in the best league in the world like he's gonna have a long long career and it's gonna be fun to watch yeah absolutely when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, let's get back to the trades, the numerous trades that were, were made. Mm-hmm. And my question is, was there anything that stuck out to you? Um, for me, the East is just going to be a war zone. It's crazy to think, you know, the different parts that were moving. I also wanted to talk to you about uh, long-term IR. And it seems mm-hmm. as though teams are using that to their advantage now, you know, clearing out that yeah. cap space, adding some more players. And, and, you know, it's amazing to me that Felino and Hall could be back for the playoffs for the Bruins. It feels like they will be right. Yeah. Like it's definitely, uh, it's, it's something that if they aren't, I would be more surprised than anything. Um, and it's one of the reasons that Boston was able to go out and trade for right. Bertuzzi yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all remember the, the, the Kucherov long-term IR yeah. a few years back. I actually feel this one, it's like Kucherov won. He was hurt all year and he came back. Like I, the Kucherov won. I actually don't have an issue with the Kucherov one. That's the, it's, it's, it's these deadline ones that are a little bit more 
a little bit more frustrating to me because like it's like Kuch- Tampa still had to make the playoffs without Kucherov, yep. right? Like, so they still had to play the whole season without him. Like, this is this is this these these are the, the ones where it's like, hey, we put the guy on long term IR on deadline day to add a guy. Those are the ones that feel a little more off to me than anything. So, uh, I LTIR is interesting because people don't really understand it really well. Like, it's something where you you hear people talk about it and you and i think it's there's a lot of misconceptions about it um the fact of the matter is a, the way people oversimplify it sometimes kind of frustrates me because it's not as simple as you can just use it and be done with it there's things like for example if the stars were to use ltir for example it would be almost impossible to call up Thomas Harley, for example, because when you use LTIR, all of a sudden, you have to account for bonuses. You have to account for full contracts. You have to account for all these things. So it's it's not as simple of a magic wand as people try to paint it as. And we could I don't I don't want to go fully depth in depth into it. If anyone wants to hear more about it, they can find me on Twitter and we can go over it that way. But like it's LTIR is a tool. It's also not this magic wand and magic paintbrush as simple as people try to paint it as and it and it is also something at the same time and i'm not trying to speak out of both sides of my mouth but it's true it is something that also teams find the loopholes on but every team does it so if you're blaming the boston bruins for doing it you really should be mad at your own gm for not doing it as well yeah so yeah one of the teams that kind of came out of the blue, um, maybe you think otherwise, is Ottawa acquiring Jacob Chikrin, a guy that you and I both wanted. Um, I thought uh-huh. that Ottawa, um, I thought the deal was going to be bigger. Let's just say that um, because of the two years remaining of control. And I, I just thought to myself, wow, Chikrin and Shabbat in a, you know, playing defense for Ottawa. That's a lot of quality offense. I, um, there's times I try to give Arizona the benefit of the doubt, Yeah, but, but honestly, it's really hard right now because this is a, this, this is one where it just feels like a shell corporation. Like it, like it feels like a shell corporation of a team. And it's just, I, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes there's a lot of things that I think sometimes for unfairly thrown the coyotes way and, but when the biggest deal, when when you, the whole Chikrin thing, he's on the block for 18 months, and at the end of the day, you take a pretty subpar return. I mean, the Lightning got a much better return. I mean, the Predators, sorry, got a much better return for Tanner Janot, and like Tanner Janot is not Jacob Chikrin. Right. And when... And when it comes down to, Ottawa basically said, okay, and they just kind of sat there and waited, and eventually... The Coyotes basically had to go to someone who wouldn't require them to take money back. And it's it's like to hear them be like, oh, we don't we're, we're like we're not going to take money back. We wanted just picks like it's such a like shoestring budget thing. And then at the same time, the very next day, they go and acquire the um, who did they acquire from Columbus, um, whose career is pretty much over. Uh, Voracek they go they yeah. acquire they, they acquire Voracek's contract to basically just house that. Yeah. And and they retain money on the they retain money on the cane deal to make it done. It's just like I know I, I it's 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 such a thing where it's like are you a hockey team? What what are you doing? Because I agree. I, uh, it's I 
I, I really don't, there's a lot of things that's, it's easy to make jokes about them, but they make it very, they make it even harder to defend them. And this deadline has just been even more of that where it's like, like you have to be just, if they get like, it's the whole thing where it's like the whole Connor Bedard stuff and everything like that. Like, if Connor Bedard ends up in Arizona, like, yeah, is he good enough to overcome all of the things where Arizona refuses to do to run things like a hockey team? Yeah. Like, that's like, I, I, I just the way, and this is, I want to be clear on something right now. This is not me telling, this is not me ripping hockey in Arizona because they've actually grown a really nice, vibrant youth hockey community. Mm-hmm. This is not me ripping them needing a new arena because the arena in Glendale didn't work. This is not me ripping the business of that. This is me ripping how the team is run because it's not being run like a hockey team right now. It's being run like, okay, this is a place we house contracts and this is a place other teams go to get out of their problems. And it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know if there's any other, I, I, I have a hard time finding any other example in any of the other sports in North America, at least where you have a team who is basically the, Ah, uh, we got a problem. They'll take our, they'll fix our problem. We can, we can, we can use them in a way to fix our problem. Like, yeah. And I think a, a lot of people, you know, knock sometimes, you know, the fan base, the lack of a stadium or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, the reality is, is they haven't been good for a long time. And when they were good, they did a good job as far as attendance. But, you know, you have to show the fan base. Like for me, Ottawa right now is showing their fan base, hey, we understand that, you know, we're up for sale, but the bottom line is, is we're still acquiring. I mean, they came out of the blue and I I just, I love how they were, you know, a lot of people were looking at them as sellers and they made one of the biggest deals. And they, and I, I think Ottawa did a great piece. Ottawa may even still, obviously, once again, people were to talk about this before the deadline, but Ottawa, I could still even sell something too, but yeah. they did a spot where they positioned themselves where next this year they're in a spot to get that playoff spot next year and the year after they will be have an opportunity to be a force in the east they will have between with shabbat and shikran they will have the they they have got they've got some really good young places stutzel's a stud up there yep. like it's 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 setting up well for ottawa um and it's it's definitely uh it's it's I I think things should be there's definitely a space there where it's I like what they did because they didn't just think it wasn't just short term so yeah yeah I I agree so you're very close with the Red Wings organization and um, Stevie Eisman's done a nice job of acquiring uh, picks I believe in the next two years four first rounders um, mm-hmm. you know as you know they were kind of on the cusp but losing uh, the last three. Um, prior to yesterday, um, I, I think, you know, on, on the surface, it's going to take time, but at the same time, I think they're building towards something special. And and when that name Iserman is running the show, to, to me, it's just like, hey, just wait and see, because he's proven that his deals usually turn out pretty good. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing about it too, that's, it's just, uh, with the what the Red Wings did, we saw it was kind of I was at the Dylan Larkin contract extension yeah. press conference the other day, and it was a very like it was a tough press conference extension because 
you go from he just signed an eight-year deal and literally uh is one of his best friends on the team gets traded yeah and so there's a human side that's very tough for this that kind of sometimes gets lost and forgotten and everything like that but the um from a asset management and long-term plan, and I wrote about this yesterday on EP Rinkside, Iserman's doing the right thing because the Red Wings were not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And his job and his mandate from the Illich family is to win the Stanley Cup. He's It wasn't going to happen this year. And fleeced Vancouver for, for Philip Roenick. I mean, that's a... You, you get a first and a fourth for Ronick. That's a that's an incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> value. And then you get a first and a fourth for for Tyler Bertuzzi, who is who has four goals this year, and yeah. someone who wasn't going to resign there. Like, I, I I get it's tough, and it's and it's something where it's like from a player perspective, it's difficult. But from a asset management and building towards the right spot and opening up a ton of cap space, um, they. They, they they got out of the Jacob Verona situation today, moving him to St. Louis. I think that actually could be a nice a sneaky good pickup for St. Louis if, yep. if he turns if he turns it around. Um, it's uh, it's definitely there's there's a lot to like as far as what they have to build with. Yep. And I also think there's something not admirable is the wrong word, but I think there's some about being self aware and being willing to say you know what, obviously we can let these players keep going and try to get in. But at the end of the day, your duty is to the franchise to try to win a cup at some point, And it wasn't going to happen. This yeah. Year. Yeah, absolutely. They had to jump, I think five teams to get into the wild card. Yeah. So, yeah. And, 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 and then your reward would be Boston in the first. Yes, round. I know. <laughs> like, like that's, that would be the reward for that. So yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you're listening to Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro on a special trade deadline day edition of Spits and Suds. So I guess the question is, we move on to um, Colorado. And, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Tomorrow's tilt has a lot of ramifications. Uh, the abs are on the move. Stars look like they're getting it back together. I'm really excited to watch this game and, and, and watch the energy, see how both teams uh, uh, respond. It's a national game, so that's exciting as well. Are you ready for a wild stat about the Stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's been 43 consecutive days for the Stars as the number one seed in the Central Division. Wow. During that time, they have never had a lead of more than five points in the division. Yeah. The other Just thing... Like to, yeah, oh, sorry. Just to give you an idea of how tight this division is. Yes. And, and every time someone's like, Man, someone's gonna catch him. Someone's gonna catch him. They haven't been caught yet, and they may get caught. But just like right. it's 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 just forty three straight days, right? Only having a, f- a five point leader less in the division. And I do want to remind Stars fans, one of the things about the new NHL TV package. I know the nine o'clock games aren't or eight thirty starts uh, are not great. The Stars have been on national TV more than I can remember. And, yeah. you know, that's a good thing for your team. That's jersey sales. That puts Jason Robertson on the map or Jake Ottinger. That's why uh, we were talking on this podcast. We would have liked to see seen Ottinger play in one of the national games so he could showcase himself. So um, I just wanted to point that out because, you know, in the last few years, you know, you'd get the, the, the people on Twitter saying, you know, stars are never on national TV. Stars are on national, never on national TV. They were on a lot this year. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing. If you want to criticize ESPN um, because of their TV coverage, I get it. 
Um, but at the same time, it's like at least our hockey team is, uh, you know, getting some national uh, publicity. It's, Get- it's I, I, I hate them. I always hate the national TV versus local TV debate because you can't win. Yeah. People will be like, like, oh, I, I have to listen. I, I don't get to listen to my broadcasters. Right. And then when you're not on and then when they're on national, they're not on national TV, you're like, no one respects us. Like, yeah. I just I, I there's no, like I just I, I, I hate the whole regional versus national TV debate right. just because there's no way to there's there's no winning it to yeah it. it's just it's like okay it's it's a fact of life and right if if you want uh and you know what from a i am not personally a fan of the the simulcast on the radio i think that it's i i personally think that because I, I think a radio broadcast and tv broadcast are two different things yes but from a stars fan perspective because of the simulcast you still get your same, you can still get your same broadcast. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I think the thing about it is, is, uh, I did want to point out, I I tweeted out yesterday that Dylan Larkin thing you were talking about. Yeah. Um, once again, people, $68 million guaranteed signed for the day before eight years. And he has tears in his eyes. That's to me amazing. That mm-hmm. that's a teammate. That's a guy that appreciates the money, but appreciates his teammates. Like yeah. I, Sean, I have never seen something like that. I mean, yeah. it truly shows what kind of person Dylan Larkin is. Um, and like you said, one of the weirder press conferences you've been to oh as God. far as a yeah. extension. I, it also gives me a lot more. And I don't want to like. I'm going to say this. I've been I've been hesitant to say this, but I'll say this because this is a Dallas Stars podcast. It gives me more respect for how Jim Nill does his business from a public perception. You may disagree with Jim Nill. You can you can criticize Jim Nill, but when Jim Nill makes a move or makes a decision, he is always there the next morning to he's always there the next morning to basically answer questions or he'll take the phone call from the media. Steve Eiserman should have spoken to the media yesterday before Dylan Larkin. Steve Eiserman when we talk about accountability in this sport, Steve Eiserman as the GM should have been Mm -hmm. available to the media before and being able to say, Hey guys, this is why I made this trade. This is what I did. So it's not Dylan Larkin and Derek Lalonde answering the questions. Well, who have to answer it basically, well, that's a Steve question. So I just, I want to give credit to Jim Nill by comparison because Jim Nill has always been, has understood that when a GM makes a decision, it's his decision and he's not hiding behind media availability. Like it's, it's something where it's like, it's funny, like nothing about the, um, as much as it should be part of the job, there's nothing about the job that says GMs actually have to talk to the media. It only says the only people that actually have to talk to the media by NHL CBA rules and NHL rules are coaches and players. So GMs are allowed to hide behind this, this wall and, 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 and not talk and, and everything like that. And I give Jim Nill a ton of credit for being as accessible and open as he is because he's willing to put his name and face on things when he makes a decision. Um, and that's, that's just something that I think from you talk about someone who gets it and someone who understands how you set up, how you want a media market to be run. Um, I, I think it's very important. So that's uh 
I, I've been I've been hesitant to say that outside because I didn't I didn't want to like you don't want to like sideswipe like oh yeah. I compare Steve Eisenman to Jim Nill, but since this is a stars podcast, I can use this to say like it gives you more respect for what Jim Nill does and how he handles when he makes a tough decision. Yeah. Also want to point out the captain uh last night with a uh a massive goal. He has now it's his best year in five years, essentially. And um, you know. I raise my hand during that contract uh, term. I'm fine to admit it and say that's a tough contract on the books. Haven't really thought about it this year much. I mean, I know it cap straps them overall along with the Sagan deal, but I think both overall have uh, performed pretty well this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, uh... it's one of those things I wanted to throw in. You know, I get these little tidbits. And, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be labeled as a hater, but I also don't want to be labeled as a cheerleader. There's a fine line there, Mr. Shapiro. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. <laughs> All right. So hopefully uh, they can pull off a win against Colorado. You're a beast. Uh, thank you for all your help. Uh, it was awesome. And uh, I'm going to toot your horn as part of this broadcast because if you did listen to Spits and Suds, you knew a couple of things. You knew Jim Nil didn't want to trade his top prospects. You also knew Jim Nil didn't want to give up that first-round pick currency to go get someone for an expiring contract. So you knew those things going into the trade deadline, and therefore you saw the trades they made. It was exactly what we were talking about. So kudos to you, Mr. Shapiro. Always great to have you on the podcast, and uh, we will talk to you uh, early next week. For sure, and we will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see... Uh... It'd be definitely interesting. I, I feel like it's going to be a good kind of litmus test. It'd be nice to see Domi against Colorado and how they go. So it'll be uh, de- definitely be interesting to see. I think Max Domi scores tomorrow. Just you heard it, it here there. first. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm just going to ask you a funny question. Did did um, did did Danoff? I see. I pronounce it wrong. Did did he change his like? the pronunciation of his name in the middle. I always had it as Dadanoff. Oh, I mean, the amount of times that player name pronunciations have changed after the, uh, throughout their career. And yeah. sometimes in Dallas, like I remember Essa Lindell has gone from Essa Lindell to Essa Lindell to Lindell to Lindell again, to Lindell again. <laughs> like, like it's, uh, it's basically the issue. And this is why it's it kind of guys come over and it's very much the, hockey i'm part of the team i'm not gonna push for something like this or whatever but like you'll ask guys you'll ask guys they'll be like oh how do you pronounce it how do you pronounce your name and they'll be like oh whatever it's fine and then and then so whatever broadcaster calls their game first game that becomes the go-to and then like five years later someone like will sheepishly come to a pr guy being like they've been saying my name wrong for five years (laughs) (laughs) it happens and so it's like (laughs) all right beast mode uh you are about an hour away from your first uh frosty of the weekend yes yes for sure (laughs) Uh, everyone have a great weekend. all right keep up the good work (laughs) thanks everyone for listening to spits and suds we truly appreciate it let's make march a record month as the stars Hopefully head toward a playoff run right here on Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great weekend, everyone.